0: In a world filled with challenges and uncertainties, success stories serve as beacons of inspiration and hope. We love spotlighting photographers that are succeeding both in their business and in their craft. Join me today on the Motherhood Anthology podcast as I share with you another success story. I hope these episodes always leave you feeling inspired and encouraged to break barriers in your own business and uncover new and insightful tools and strategies to scale your business to the next level. Welcome to the Motherhood Anthology podcast, photography education for a business you love. My name is Kim Box, and I'm your host with the collaboration and help of my co host and business partners at the Motherhood Anthology, Jenny Kruger and Allison Craig. You listeners love our success stories, and so do we. It's been a while since we've shared a success story from our TMA membership. And when I saw Lena Porter sharing recently about her accomplishment in her photography business on our TMA membership page, I jumped at the chance to have her on the podcast. Lena recently had her very first $5,000 sale utilizing in-person sales and products. Lena, owner of Salt and Ink Photography, specializes in motherhood and portrait photography in the Seattle area. So join us today as Lena shares her business journey and what motivates her to continue to push boundaries. Now present to you episode number 52 of the motherhood anthology podcast. Hey, hey, Lena. Hi. We're just going to dive right in today. Um, Thank you for doing this with me. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, I read a post inside of the membership this week. It said, just made a 5K sale um, with my first actual in-person sale session. And so I told Allie, I said, let's get her on the podcast. That's a great thing to talk about.
1: Yeah, I was really excited. I usually just do the online gallery, but this client wanted me to come to their house and help them because they didn't like the watermark over the images. So it was my first time doing an in-person sale since before
0: COVID. Well, cool. Well, I want to get all into that, but before we do, I want you to just tell everybody about you and your business and how you got started. Yeah. So I've been a photographer for.
1: 14 years now. I started like I think a lot of people do. I just always had a camera and like taking pictures. I have like paperwork from middle school that says I was going to be a photographer when I grow up. Oh, So it was just something I always wanted to do. And when I had my daughter at 21, I started kind of making it into a little business and taking pictures here and there when i had my son in 2012 is when i really started to take it like more professional and charge and i started out with like posed newborn photos like babies in buckets and on bean bags and then from there slowly moved into more of a documentary style newborn and then I did weddings and elopements for 10 years. (laughs) And then I had two more kids over the last four years and decided that I wanted to focus
0: on motherhood photography specifically. feel you on a lot of those things you just said. 10 years in the wedding industry, that'll That'll wear you out, huh? (laughs) Yeah, it's a lot of work. And then I just decided I was going to add them back in this year too. So we'll see how that goes. Oh, we got all kinds of good stuff to talk about today then. So let's, let's talk about that. So tell us about your decision to leave weddings for a while. What prompted that? And how was that transition just to portraits? Were you able to to make what you needed to make that work?
1: Yeah, so I decided to transition out of weddings. I think it was, it was around 2018, I was getting married myself. So I wanted to slow down and really enjoy my own wedding planning process and just getting married and kind of integrating our family because I have two kids separate from before my marriage. So I slowed down with that and kind of realized that wedding photography just wasn't making me happy. And I was having lots of issues with weddings where I was the most expensive thing that they were getting for their wedding. Mm -hmm. So that just kind of causes this issue where they're Wedding doesn't have like the details and things they want. And so they were getting disappointed in their own weddings because they spent so much on a photographer that they didn't have enough to spend on the other places in their wedding that they would have liked to. So like their overall day wasn't coming out how they had envisioned it. So I wanted to step back because of that. And I started kind of redoing my portfolio to focus on newborns and families again. And I really liked focusing on that because it was less stressful and there wasn't as much investment and involved. Mm-hmm. And then I had a baby, so I was taking a maternity leave for that. And COVID hit, <laughs> mm. so. The world kind of shut down at that point and I started focusing more on what I wanted from my business during that time because I couldn't do any sessions or work really. And I found the TMA and joined, well, I didn't join at that time, but I followed the Instagram and I was Mm -hmm. in the free group. Mm -hmm. And so I knew that I wanted to do like an a la carte model and focus on prints and products because up until that point, family sessions with me, they weren't getting any of that. They were just getting digital images. Mm -hmm. So I knew that I wanted to focus on that, but then COVID kind of extended. And so I didn't know when I was going to get to go back to work. And then I had another baby during that time and had a very complicated birth and kind of a near-death situation. And after that experience, I decided that I really wanted to focus on the things that were important to me and that I wanted to create this experience for mothers who are in this really difficult postpartum period. You don't really know what they've gone through. And I just wanted them to have a bigger, better experience where they are taken care of because I didn't feel that way when I had our newborn photos done. So it was something important
0: to me yeah. to kind of yep. to do that. Yeah. Goodness, I'm sorry you went through that. I say all the time, like parenting and motherhood is not for the faint of heart, is it? <laughs> they no. don't they don't warn you up front. <laughs> so how many children do you have? I have four. Okay. Okay. My sister has five. They're like little stair steps. So that is a lot. So tell me like, okay, so you said that you didn't have such a great experience and you wanted to create that for your clients. So tell me about the experience that you did create for your clients then after that. What does that look like?
1: So when somebody inquires with me, I try to get them on a Zoom call. I kind of want to get face-to-face with them. I want to find out kind of where they're at in life, what they're going through. I want to know what's important to them that I capture for them at this time. I think it can be different depending on if you have a newborn or maybe you have, you know, a one-year-old who's just learning to walk and you kind of want to capture them still having to hold your hand while they teeter around or, you know, you have your newborn and you want to get that newborn scrunch that they still do when you kind of lift them up. So I just want to focus on really getting to know them and what it is that they're looking for. And then I also have recommendations for the hair and makeup so that they don't have to worry about that. I send style boards with links where they can shop for everything. And then in my studio, I also have a small wardrobe. So if they're coming to me, they don't have to worry about anything. I can have them dressed and ready within five minutes of them arriving. And then I do a lot of different touch points. So after they book me, it's not just... They book me and then it's done and I don't see them or talk to them again till they show up. So I'm sending, you know, a guide that has information about their session and how to make it go smooth. It has those style boards for them. I'll also send a check-in email about a week later and ask how hair and makeup has gone, what they have planned to wear, if they need any help. And then, you know, we have their session. After their session, they hear from me the next day about anything I posted online for them. And I remind them to look through their guide and decide kind of what products they're thinking of wanting. And then we schedule their viewing and ordering
0: when their photos are ready. So you you're offering products now. So tell me, tell me what you offer. What are what are some of the things that that you have?
1: The main thing I offer are I have albums, I have frames, and then I have a matted print box. And then they can also order their digitals in different
0: amounts. Do you have like one thing that that's your like bestseller, or the thing people go to the most, or is it kind of spread out?
1: Um, I think the thing that people have ordered the most is their full digital collection and then people have been buying the matted print boxes and then this will actually have been my first
0: album sale since switching to a la carte. Okay. So you said that going back to the the post that you made um, that you had had the 5k sale. So were you doing in-person sales before COVID or? No?
1: I wasn't i wasn't really doing them but if people were interested in product i would meet with them and try to go over things but it just never really went well mm-hmm. i wasn't
0: set up right for that mm-hmm. and this client they actually ask you so this you are you trying to do in person now or this was just a um, kind of a one off thing where they wanted you to sit down with them
1: it was kind of a one off thing i offer it over zoom but
0: mm-hmm. I find that that's
1: a little bit confusing for both of us. I don't really like it that much. So this client specifically asked for me to come to her. Mm -hmm. So I think that now that COVID has calmed down, I'll give them the option that they can do their online gallery by themselves or I can come to them and do it in person.
0: So walk us through that, that appointment that you did with her. So... We had talked on the phone
1: previous to her booking me for her session, and we had already talked about what she wanted. I knew that she wanted an album. I knew that she was interested in some prints for some frames that she already has. And then I knew she also wanted her full digital collection because we also did headshots for her. So she wanted those headshots. Mm Mm-hmm. So when I went to her appointment, I made sure that I had some printed proofs that we could look through. And then I use PickTime for all my sales. So I had her logged into her PickTime account as well. And we went through all her proofs and we just made piles of yes and no. And so after we did that, I was like, well, what ones do you want for your frames? And she picked out the three that she wanted for those frames. And I wrote those down. And then she said the rest of them she wanted in her album. And that ended up being 22 images. And then she had four headshots that she wanted as well. And so my albums are priced $100 per image. So it's really simple. So she got that. That was $2,200. She got those three by 14 prints, and she wanted the deckled edge ones from Musea. So they're mounted and matted for her, and those ended up being $700 a piece. And then she wanted those four headshots, and she was close to hitting my 5K mark Once you hit 5K, you get your full gallery for free to download and you get like the prints and everything. So she added stuff to it to get that. So she added Christmas cards and then I'm still waiting for her to add one more thing. She's trying to find another frame that she wants a print for and she needs to know what size that frame is so I can order that for her. So... She already knew what she wanted. I just had to get everything
0: sorted for her to order it. Very good. So is 5k is that a big is that a big big sale for you? It's like were you doing the happy dance for 5k? Is that a good is that Yeah. That yeah. That
1: is that's my biggest sale I've done. Usually people are spending around like 24 to three, because they're usually getting like that, like a matted print box that has 20 images in it, or they're getting their full digital gallery and that's 3000. So this was my biggest sale yet.
0: Woohoo. Well, congratulations. Now, isn't it funny? Like, she probably, if I had to guess, she wasn't even sweating 5K. She probably was like, I want this. I want this. Yeah, let's get to it. (laughs) Yeah,
1: she was just like, she was just like, oh, go grab the card and we'll pay. (laughs) And they paid through pick time and it was pretty easy.
0: I learned that lesson a long time ago that what is expensive to me is not expensive to someone else. Maybe, you know, it's all like, what's the word I'm looking for? It's all Um, relative relative. Yes, that's the word. Thank you. Um, So like the one of the best, you know, sales techniques is just to be quiet (laughs) Mm -hmm. Just because sometimes like if we're feeling uncomfortable, we tend to like over explain or try to offer something to make it better or throw something in. And sometimes we're like our, our own worst enemy in sales when if we just, you know, stated our prices with confidence and then kept our mouth shut you know it's kind of crazy what what happens yeah definitely
1: staying quiet when I went to her house it's in a country club mm-hmm. so that's a very nice neighborhood there's a gate that you have to go in and call so you have to approach those things very neutrally I think when you're kind of not in that same tax bracket as someone it's you got to pretend like oh this is no big deal to me like yeah I live in a million dollar house too
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh that's awesome so do you think you'll try to do more in-person sales I think I'll try to my clients
1: live kind of all over the place so it's a lot of driving but I think it's worth it if I can get a bigger if I can get 2k more a sale if that helps so mm-hmm. definitely
0: worth that, it to me <laughs> did you say you have a studio
1: I have a studio but it's in my home so okay it's a lot of I don't live in Seattle directly I live um about an hour or two outside of it mm-hmm. so if I have clients that I'm seeing in Seattle, that's a long ways for them to drive just for a viewing and ordering appointment. So I think it's nicer if I can just go
0: to them. Do you, what, if you had to say like one thing that you really think made that sale happen the 5k do you think it was that it was in person do you think it's that you kind of pre-planned what she wanted to do before like if you had to narrow it down to one thing that made it so successful what would you say it was
1: I think it was that I talked to her beforehand and I knew what she wanted so I knew to try to get photos for those things
0: I don't know if you heard uh, I did we did um, Allison and I did a podcast a few episodes back with Chris from Swift Galleries. And he was saying that too. He said, we try to complicate it so much, but it's really very simple. You ask them what they want, giving suggestions of what, you know, you offer. You You shoot for what they want and then you give them, you sell them what they want, what they said they wanted. He said it much more eloquently, but you know, <laughs> just finding out what they want up front then creating, you know, the art and then selling them what they said they wanted. Because once you get to the sales appointment, it's not a surprise. Like, it's not like, what are we going to do here? Like you, we talked about it. This is what you wanted to create. We created it and now you're just buying it. So yeah, that made it really easy. And
1: then I don't offer prints like without a frame, but I knew that's something that she wanted. So I told her all I needed to know Was the dimensions and then I contacted musea to make sure that I measured everything correctly so I could order those for her to put into the frames she already has so Mm -hmm. kind of being able to do that for somebody makes it really easy for them too
0: okay so I'm gonna shift gears and I have a question so how are you tell give us some tips on man managing a business and motherhood with four kids how are you how are you juggling all this
1: um i'm not juggling it very well at the moment <laughs> but <laughs> i think having like a crm having things as automated as possible helps a lot i can just i'll get an email that says you know you need to send an email to this person respond to this you need to edit these photos or upload those and so It's really easy when I get that email, I can click into that client's thing and send the email, check off the to-do and figure that out. And then also setting up certain days where I work and what I do on those days and how much time I'm going to spend on that helps. But lately I've just been really busy this month. So I've been cramming everything into
0: whenever I can kind of fit it Mm -hmm. in. What would you say um, in your business that your biggest struggle is? Um, I think it's just how to find that
1: higher end client that wants to spend that with you consistently, It's hard to know where to find those people because when you're coming from being more of like a all-inclusive, lower, Price point Mm -hmm. photographer, it's Mm -hmm. easy to find those people in like a mom group on Facebook or something. Right. But once you get to a certain point, I don't think those moms are in Facebook groups looking for things. They have a whole group and network of people that they see and ask for recommendations from. So it's a whole different kind of world and way that you need to figure out to reach people.
0: Well, it sounds like you need to um, definitely spend some time with your 5K client. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, I love on her a lot. And, you know, it was she, would you say that she had the demeanor of someone that would actually, like, if you ask her for to recommend you or to, was she going to be a good spokesperson for your business, maybe? I'm not
1: sure. I haven't asked her about anything yet. We're still finalizing some of her order stuff,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: but I do always send like a follow-up email asking certain questions that kind of lead to good reviews. So I ask them like, you know, what problem they were facing when they were hiring me, How what would they say to a friend about working with me and, you know, how did I solve their issue? Mm -hmm. So I hope Maybe that leads to some conversations. And then the other thing, though, was that she wasn't exactly my ideal client. She has teenagers. So I don't know if she knows a lot of people with younger kids, but she might. I don't know. I guess we'll find out. I did look up how much it was to join the country club that she lives at Mm -hmm. because I was like, that might be an easy way to go meet people,
0: hang out at the country club. <laughs> right. Well, that's funny. So, yeah, I, I mean, and sometimes too I think if you have enough rapport with someone, I think just asking, like telling someone like us, I, I love working with you and I love um, putting, you know, products in people's hands and homes and um how, if, you know, if you just ask them, like, I would love to work with your friends, or if you have someone that you would recommend to me, it would mean so much. I'd really appreciate it. And sometimes I think that goes a long way, you know, just asking someone.
1: Yeah, I have to get better at that. I'm so shy and introverted that (laughs) I find, I always find it hard to kind of bring up. Yeah.
0: Or even a note, send a little handwritten note that says that somehow, you know, telling someone, you know, that, That my family and our small business sure would appreciate any recommendations that you have. Like, I love working with you. And um, I so believe in selling products and want people to have lasting, tangible memories. And, you know, if you just pass my name along, if you had the chance, it sure would mean a lot. You know, just a little note that says something like that goes a long way sometimes, I think. so.
1: Yeah, I do have... These little like gift boxes I like to send out from loved and found and they have a place to put a handwritten note. So yeah. maybe I'll put that in there and it'll be a little extra treat that she got that. And then there's a little ask in
0: there for referrals. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. So let's talk again about weddings. You You are going to take on some weddings. Tell me about that. So
1: when I was doing weddings before, I think the most that I got paid for like a full eight hour wedding was six K and now I'm doing portrait sessions where I just made that with one sale Mm -hmm. from, you know, an hour long session. So I kind of thought, well, I bet I could charge, you know, double that for a wedding now and it would be more worth my time. So I just kind of worked the numbers on weddings, just like I did with my portrait sessions and decided to add them back in, but they're starting at 12K now instead of like 3K. So I'm kind of excited to see how that goes. And then I'm going to do... The same process, I think, after a wedding where I'm going to send them their album design and some mock-ups of frames and stuff and talk to them during our consultation about how they plan to use their photos after their wedding and really
0: putting an importance on printing them as well. I love that. I think think a lot about the fact that, you know, when, because like I'm I'm like you I shot weddings forever and then tried to get out of weddings so much and more into motherhood and portraits and but when you're not when you don't have to shoot them any longer and I enjoyed I enjoyed shooting weddings like it's just when you shoot so many of them for so long you know that they get to be a little bit exhausting and then you kind of feel like you're missing out on your family on Saturdays but I really I really did enjoy shooting them and when you find your pla- yourself in a place where like, I don't have to shoot weddings anymore. That's really a great place to be because you can set your price. Like you said, where it makes it worthwhile, where you're, you're not feeling resentful that you're, you know, missing out to be working and then to do some different things. Like you said, like most people are shooting and then delivering a gallery of images, but to do it a little bit different and and put, you know, the same approach with products And just like, let's see, let's see how this works out. And I think that's a great position to be in.
1: Yeah. When I was doing weddings before I was shooting like 20 to 30 of them a year. And that's Mm. a lot of weekends when there's only 52 weekends in a year. And when you have, when you get married and have kids, it's really hard to, give all that time up. I was missing camping trips and I was missing my friends' weddings and my friends' kids' birthdays. I miss things for my own kids because I was gone weekends. So I got really burnt out and resentful of that. Mm-hmm. But I do love shooting weddings. I loved seeing what people come up with and just the like display of it all. It's just a, it's like a really cool, fun day. Everybody's together. So I'm excited to add those back in, but I only need to do 10 of them a year. So I feel like that's a good place to be with something that requires so much of you to be creative
0: and involved in. For Sure. Okay. Tell me a little bit about um, the membership how it's helped your business or if your business has changed a bit since you've been a part of it?
1: Yeah. So before I joined the motherhood anthology, I had a lot of issues around like pricing and mindset and thinking, you know, my work's not good enough to charge these prices. There's people who are better than me charging less you know, you go into the mom groups, and you see everybody offering, you know, a session with 100 images, and it's $200. And so that kind of like really got to me. But after I joined the TMA, and I started going through the content and using the pricing calculators, and you just can't really argue with those numbers. You know, the math is what it is, you can't Are you your way out of that? You need to make what you need to make. So that was really helpful. And then also just seeing everybody in the Facebook group, you can go in there and ask, you know, five questions a day. And somebody's going to have an answer for you. And seeing people say that this is how they run their business. And it works. And it's working for hundreds of people. (laughs) And just, you know, getting told that you're, Worth what you're charging, and there are people out there that want to pay it and will happily pay you for
0: those services. Isn't that crazy? And that's something that comes up over and over again that kind of going back to what we were talking about before that everything like pricing is relative, and it's so interesting. You know, when people join, maybe they're new or maybe they just haven't had a community around them. And they think, you know, good for you. You've got a 5K sale, but I could never do that. And, you know, if they're in the group for very long, that that changes. And then they they're making that post about their, you know, their biggest sale to date. And it's just mindset. You know, I've said this more than once, but I think Kristen Sweeting said on her her episode here that. Um, you rarely change your mindset on your own that you do it in a community or a group of people because you see they're doing it. I can do it too. And so I think yes. that's pro- probably the most valuable thing is just to say, you know, have people that you can ask questions and ask how they are achieving that. And you get so much encouragement that you can do it too. And this is how you should do it. And and then it works.
1: Yeah, it's so helpful to just have a group of people constantly telling you that you're worth it and you can do it. I've been in photography groups for 14 years. So I think this is probably the best one I've ever been to. It's totally worth the $45 a month. I've even had other mentors that I've mentored with. And I got to a point where I was like, you know, I want to charge this. And they're like, you can't charge that. I don't even charge that much. And then, you know, I'll charge that and I'll make it. And they seem resentful to me that I did that, but they could always charge more too. So yeah, I think just having those people tell you that you're worth it helps a lot and that you should <laughs> get out of those photography groups where it's maybe the local people and they're trying to tell you I don't charge that much. So you can't charge that much, Mm -hmm. but you
0: can. Did you hear the, the, the episode with Chris from Swift galleries where he um, he said that he said, you know, we all have those um, those groups, our local groups where someone says they're looking for a newborn photographer that doesn't charge an arm and a leg he said, you should go into that post and you should say, um, well, I'm not, I'm, I'm not the cheapest, but let me tell you why, or I'm not cheap, but let me tell you why, or let me show you what I offer. And he, he said um, that that would definitely get some attention and I can totally see that working.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I, I do comment on all those posts just so that my work is there in case somebody does see it, but Uh I haven't had any, any contacts from that yet. So we'll see how it works out. Maybe I should just start commenting. I'm the most expensive. (laughs) Yeah. I'm the most
0: expensive, but here's why I, I really do. I see those posts and I'm like, who's that? Who's that? I don't, they're all local and I don't, I've not heard of any of them and I'm Like, oh my goodness, you know, like where are all these people coming from? But that just goes to show you that you definitely don't want to be known as the cheapest or the one that doesn't charge an arm and a leg. Like Jenny says, I'd rather compete with the three most expensive in my area than the 500 in the middle, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, okay. I have a few just quick questions for you. Do you have a favorite business tool, like something in your business life that you just couldn't live without?
1: I love my CRM. I use Dubsado. It keeps me on track for everything. And if I didn't have that, I would be lost. (laughs) I have Mm -hmm. ADHD. So, you know, I'll read an email and then forget about it. So it's nice to have something that's constantly reminding me to do things and when to follow up with people and then I love having pick time I've had them since they started and they make getting sales really really easy and they also have sales automations that I really love I love anything that automates my business and makes it easier for me okay do you have a
0: favorite business book
1: I haven't read any business books lately, but I did really like the Building
0: a Story brand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was a really good one. Do you have a great piece of advice that someone has given you that changed your business or, or a little piece of life advice that you could share with us? I've had people, and I don't think they know
1: that Maybe what they said kind of meant something to me. So, you know, a couple years ago, somebody that I went to high school with, which was about 15 years ago now, they sent me an email and said that they loved seeing my photography and that they remember me talking about how much I wanted to do that when we were in school and that it was very inspiring to them to see me doing that. And that kind of kept me going at a time where I was really burnt out on things. So I really appreciated that from that person.
0: <laughs> no, isn't it funny that and I and I try to be better about this because I'm sure I'm guilty of this as well. But it's that whole purple cow thing. Like people will talk about you if you're really bad and people will talk about you if you're do something like amazing. But if you're good or you do a good job. Like people don't say you, sometimes you just don't get feedback like, oh, that's great. Or thank you so much. Or you're doing a good job or because, you know, it's kind of good as kind of expected. And so I think oftentimes like people, people are doing a really good job and we just don't stop to say thank you or you're doing a great job. So it's nice to hear, especially when we do something that's so personal, you know?
1: Yeah. I think if you see somebody doing something and maybe, you know, they're struggling with the confidence that their work is good enough or that their prices aren't worth it to just stop and say like, your work is really good. I think you're worth this and you can do it. So I always try and find people that seem like they need that. And I'll send them a little message saying that or comment on their photo. So I like being able to do that because I know that it meant a lot to me when
0: people have done that in the past. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. You have any big mistakes you've made along the way that you'd like to share? Looking at the people around me and charging similar to
1: what they charge because I didn't make any money doing that. So, so- you need you need to run your own numbers. And you need to know what you need to make and not base it off of what the other people around you are
0: doing. We say that all the time. So yes, ma'am, you're right about that. (laughs) Because I mean, otherwise you're just going to burn out and not be able to sustain it and not be happy in your business. So this is my last question. And I I try to ask everyone, so how do you define success? By Being able to spend the time that
1: I want with my family, because that is the whole reason I started my own business was that I wanted to be able to stay home with my babies. And if I'm not able to do that, then it's not really worth it to me. So I want to be able to spend
0: all my time with them. (laughs) That's a good answer. That's a good answer. Well, thank you, Lena. This has been great. Do you want to tell everybody where they can find you? They can check out your work?
1: Yeah, I'm actually going through a big rebrand. So you can find me at Lena Porter Photography and com. It might still say my old brand name, Saltanique Photography, but that's all changing at the end of the month. Okay. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I was actually just listening to the podcast on a long drive Tuesday and was thinking to myself, gosh, it would be cool if I could be on that podcast. I think I'm going to make it one of my business goals. And the next day I had an email from you. (laughs) Look
0: how that happens. That's awesome. That makes me happy. Well, all right. Well, thank you for doing this. And I enjoyed getting to know you a little better. Yeah. Thank you. I so appreciate individuals like Lena who are willing to share with the world what has and hasn't worked for them. When we do this, we truly elevate our entire industry. So thank you, Lena, for joining me today. I know all the listeners left this episode feeling that nudge to elevate their business and try something new and different. Lena is a member of our TMA membership and shared a lot about what the membership means to her. And I'd love to have you join us at TMA. Our doors are reopening very soon, and now's the time to get on our wait list to get the notice when our doors finally open in about two weeks from our original air date of this episode. It's only $45 a month for over five years worth of monthly education, private community, monthly member live business coaching, and so much more. So go to membership.themotherhoodanthology.com to join the wait list today. This is a quote by James Clear, and I think it's so great. Every action you take is a vote for the person you wish to become. So from Ireland's to yours, until next time, friends.